welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, West Tigers, pre-season preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick Lord, Stats Guru, Fantasy Nugget, uh, Tommy Turbo hating, you know, masterpiece. How are you going, Nick? <laughs> what a do, baby. Going good, mate. Going good. That's good. Not too, not too keen for this one, if I'm honest. The Tigers, uh, they, they keep burning me in fantasy, to be honest. I, I picked up the Papali'i Bateman, and I just got slaughtered last year. So hopefully we get some uh, gems out of this and not too many uh, duds. Mate, they were good for when we needed them, which was in those buy rounds, right? We massacred a lot of people in those buy rounds, so yeah. up the ranks. So they did all right, but... Just after that period, right? The run home was just... The run yeah. home. Oh, look, I think they put the queue in the rack last year, which, you know, is probably why Benji started coaching early. Yep. So, look, let's look at the squad. So, this is all predicted, but we've got Jareem Buller at fullback. We've got Junior Tupo and Charlie Staines on the wing. Justin Olam coming in from the Storm and Stafford Toa at centre. we got, at this stage, it looks like Aiden Caesar and Jaden or Bud Sullivan at six. A prop, Stefano Udo Ikamanu and Dave Klemmer. Api Corusau at hooker. On the edges, John Bateman and Isaiah Papali'i Fanua. Well, no, it looks like it, I've got here Fanua Pole, but it looks like it might be Alex Seifarth at 13. And so at that point on the bench, I've got Alex Twole, I've got uh, Jape Simkin, I've got probably Samuel Fainu and Fanua Pole at, on the bench. So, mate, the West Tigers, they've been churning a lot of players. They're turning into the Bulldogs. So at least as far as the players that they're turning over, not the number of Panthers they got in the squad, Nick. So what's been happening? <laughs> mate, huge churn. Uh, in terms of the games, they got a whole bunch of Fainus, man. They got Latu and Samuel Fainu from the Seagulls. They got Bud Sullivan from the Dragons. Aiden Caesar, they brought him back from pasture and retirement with the Leeds Rhinos. Solomon Alamalo from Super Rugby. Don't know what he plays. Solomon Fatape uh, from the Brisbane Tigers. And Justin Olam as a more recent signing from the Storm. Plenty of losses, mate. Their uh, most hated son, Luke Brooks, is off to the Sea Eagles. Tommy Talau as well to the Sea Eagles. Dane Laurie's back to the Panthers. Atasi James. <laughs> yeah. James is off to the Sea Eagles. Rua Natikara. <laughs> I don't know. He's off to the North Sydney Bears. Tukey Simmons, a Simpkins, sorry. Uh, he's off to the Dolphins on a train trial. Brandon Wakeham, off to Blacktown Workers. Tristan Riley's been released. Brandon Webster Mansfield's been released. And Sean Bloor, he's off to the Storm. So he's going to have a good time. The last, uh, you know, they have a good history of Tigers going to the Storm, don't they, and playing well, performing well. Notably, uh, Josh Adekar and Harry Grant. That's true, though. Harry Grant, they knew was good before they sent him up. So They did. They did. And look, they've only got one significant injury, Adam Dwahi, who is currently recovering from his third ACL. I was reading today he may be back mid-season, though, again, they're not sure. So that's the grand sum of what's happening there. So, Nick, how about you talk us through the strength of schedule? Mate, you know how I break it up into, like, all three different parts of the season? It's all pretty much in the middle. So they have the seventh overall hardest. They have the eighth hardest. 
rounds one to 12, so in the middle. They're the eighth hardest origin, so in the middle, but then they're the fifth hardest run home. So not really much to say here in terms of the strength of schedule. Um, in terms of buys, they've got the round one buy, which sucks, around 13 major buy round, which sucks also, and then round 26 buy, which sucks for head-to-head. This is just really screwing over everyone, mate. Um, in terms of teams that have twice, they're the Cowboys, Dolphins, Dragons, Eels, Knights, Rabbitohs, Raiders, and Sharks. As I said, those buys just suck. So really looking to round 14 pickup for the rest of the season, unless it's a super serious value play or a cashy, like a Seafarth potentially. After the round one buy, they have the Raiders, Sharks, and they're away to the Eels, the Dolphins, and then they host the Dragons before a buzzsaw. Mate, get this. <laughs> Panthers, round seven. Broncos, round eight. They have the Bulldogs, round nine, but then they have the, Ra- the Knights, sorry, around 10. So they actually have a pretty good like mini run, rounds 14 and 16 with the Dragons, Titans, and Raiders. Uh, from there, it gets so bad. So around 17 onwards, like this is so bad. I actually did redid my calculations. They have the worst schedule from round 17 onwards in the whole competition, like by far. So that just check this, check this. Mm-hmm. Roosters, mm-hmm. Storm, Sharks, Weesh. who in round 19, they are pretty much unaffected by it, origin. It might be if Nico is not playing completely unaffected. Completely unaffected, right? So you get full strength sharks in a week that you hope that you'd versus a uh, less man team. Then they got the Rabbitohs, Warriors, Cowboys, Knights, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, round 26 by, and then the Eels. So like no guineas whatsoever. Possibly no like bottom six team at all for the last uh, 11 rounds of the season for them. It is just a buzzsaw. That's no good at all. So really, from what I'm hearing there, is you either want to start with them early or get on them pretty early because by the later rounds, unless they're guys who perform really well uh, when their backs are against the wall, which not too many Tigers have been in recent years, it's going to get punished. Mate, I think it just sucks all over, to be honest. The whole, the whole, so because if you get them early, you got the round one and the round 13 by it, and that just sucks. And yep. then, then they got a the terrible run home, and then round 26 is not good for head to head either. So, even if you want to pivot to your head to head, don't load up on your dragons. I mean, your tiger, sorry, because your grand final, you might be down a few players when you have no trades. So, that's it. Well, at least check when your final is before you, before you commit for sure. So, yeah, well, even if it's not your grand final, it might be your semi, you know. Yeah, or, so, I'm, it, I'm saying if your final might be round 25 or 24 is your only shot. Yep, 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 yep. But um, look, let's talk about a couple of guys, high ownership. So Justin Olam, 375k, 27 break even. So he's priced at 27. His last prop season at Storm in 22, he averaged 34. So there is some value straight up. But this was the Storm where they had more attacking opportunities, like a better side. Like they just had more time with the ball in hand, right? Probably about 10% more ball than the Tigers would. So I'd be looking for value elsewhere to begin the season. Seb Chris also misses round one, but it's been pretty consistent in his scoring in a bad team. So whereas Olam, I think it's going to be a bit of a new news for him about how bad that the Tigers actually are because this year they have no established halves. Every combination is new in this spine. So no matter how they run it. So I think it's just, it's going to be a rough first few games. And yep. I just think that it's, yeah, it's a little bit tough there. So let's uh, let's talk about a couple of other guys. During Buller, 38 break even, 528K. Unfortunately, we all got the fill up on Buller in last year, 2023. There's just not that much value left in the Volta Tigers team. And he's not an outright super ultra mega star. So I'm not expecting him to become a 700K guy. So during Buller is good. 
but that is about it. Um, let's talk about two more guys who let's crack off the list. John Bateman and uh, Zaya Papali both had pretty ish, significant issues last year late in the season. So Papali had a 10-point decline over 2022, which was expected at the Tigers coming from the Eels. Main issues was a similar drop. Like, it's just a drop in his attacking stats. So less offloads, less tackles, less tries. It's just 10 points straight up there. Unfortunately, the new halves pairing at the Tigers is unlikely to fix this. So, look, Luke Brooks didn't give him great ball, but I'm not expecting, you know, Lockie Galvin to give him amazing ball, right, Nick? Mate, his timing, that's what I was really pissed about, is probably his timing on the edge. He'd make the lines and he wouldn't get the bloody ball. Like, the halves just didn't know how to get him the right ball at the right time because yeah. you could see he was hitting gaps and he was running untouched miles an hour. through so many holes. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that really um, uh, dissuaded him, you know, in a, in a sense. Like, he, he just – he kept putting in, obviously, but – um, no, they, they did put the queue in the rack a little bit later in the year, like he enjoyed it. 100%. So we know Papali can be a cut price keeper. Like we know that he can be a stud at this spot, but we need to see him actually before buying. So I'm planning to essentially chuck a star target from round 14 as he will play all games from round 14 until round 26. Yeah, really, really important for the uh, round 16 and 19 yeah. buy rounds, right? And if he took an ugly dip at some point, you could even pick him up before then, Nick, and just park him. Oh, we, we're going to have to do it again, aren't we? Maybe. Well, look, it's 600K, 650K, as I probably becomes interesting. Yeah, it does. It does. For so, sure. Like, if there's a reason, if he's just slowly declining, then no. But if he's like, oh, look, you had, had a head knock, got a seven, right? Yep. You know the yep, reason yep, yep. for it. That's why. So, John Bateman, exactly the same, 540K, 54 break even. In a worse squad means less good ball and, you know, and less ball overall. So, you just get, you have less sets when you're a bad squad. Average is 57 when he gets a full game. So, I'm either targeting him during a dip or post round 14. So, the fact that these guys did as well as they did, right, to average 52 and 54 respectively in such a bad squad, I'm actually pretty impressed by. Like, if they do get better, Tigers, they could be worth picking up these two. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Excellent. So, let's get to the guys we really want to talk about. So, uh, Lockie Galvin. So, News is is that so he's two thirty k seventeen break even. News is he could be the starting half. So he's one hundred and ninety one centimeters. He's just pushing around ninety kilos. He's just young. He got cut by the eels for being too small, but then he had a growth spurt late, so shot up sort of fifteen centimeters or so. Wow. So and apparently he's absolutely killing it because uh, Sullivan and Fainu have both been injured. So Galvin's been taking a lot of the first team reps and been killing it. Jeez. So. He could be around if he's essentially if if the news is in that he's confirmed starting round one, then lock him in. If he if we're not sure, avoid him and just if he does get that starting spot, just a foul cashy round two or round three, go and get him. Starting halves at two thirty K you have to pick up, right, Nick? Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's a really um really good option in case you muck up one of your cashies early, right? Like if you get caught out in that split round by the no, sorry, the round one split lockout. You know what That's I mean? It. So if you sort of if you sort of muck up your um cashies in that round, it looks like you may have a saving grace here. Maybe. Oh look, it's no guarantee, but he's certainly there. Um the other guys that I really want to talk about is Let's talk about Alex Seifarth. So news is, is, and this is early news still for us, but is that he could be the starting lock in 2024 with a squad trying to get their own cut rate Isaiah Yeo role out of Seifarth. So, and like I had a bit of a look at him because he's a guy who looked at it before. So he's 25, he's 194 centimeters. Like he's a big boy, 106 kilos or so, sorry, 104 kilos or so. So he started there in an early pre-preseason trial, like one of these scrimmages in lock. 
So what do we know? We know that if he gets a start, he's a decent player with a 0.7 PPM in the second row for a 54 average nick, which is... Damn. Yep. And it drops us slightly on the interchange, but we're still interested. So uh, listed, obviously, is a big boy. Has the stats and the size to play in the middle. Isn't too old at 25. So I would watch heavily during the trials to determine your interest. So like just some dodgy maths on the side here, but 50 minutes to point <coughs> seven is, you know, an average of 35. It's not 35, amazing, yeah. but it's still straight up like 10 points worth of value there. So easy. And, you know, more minutes than that, you know, obviously making more points. So just a guy to watch out either, again, Falcashi territory, you know, Mariner doesn't start off very well. Someone gets injured. Alex Seyfarth could be the guy. Yeah, I love it. Last guy I really want to talk about, Appy Corosau. So he's my smoky hooker pick for the year. I'm seriously half thinking about starting the season with him. So especially if he goal kicks. So he has, okay. he's like Brandon Smith he had, in terms of there are reasons why he didn't perform as well as he did last year. So had a slow start to the season, played less minutes, including coming off the bench round one as captain. He then had a few up and down games with less minutes as he got used to the team. Averaged around 60 minutes a game. He then made Origin, did well, and then got his jaw broken by Tino round 15. Oh, uh, God, Which yeah. brought his average down again with his playing less minutes upon his return. So essentially, we're just going, look, new team, new combinations, a little bit of a rough start. And then he's finally getting the swing of things and then gets busted, right? And I'm looking at his stats before he got busted. It's like we are seeing some decent scores in there along the way. But then when he returned from injury round 20, it's like his things start to really pick up, and especially from round 21 against the Dragons. So in his games over 60 minutes, he averaged 50 in 2024. And over 70 minutes, he averaged 52. And he only kicked goals in the later part of the season, meaning if it's a primary goal kicker, we could see mid-50s average for Appy, making him a boom. So just his last, from round 21, his, here are his scores. 52, 73, 31 against the Raiders, uh, 56, 62, 51, and 60. Mm-hmm. So all good scores, apart from obviously the anomaly against the Raiders, where I think they, they got tuned up that game. So the only fly in the ointment is this possible origin involvement. But, you know, even so, you still get some good games to start the season with Appy. Yeah, I like it. Um, the, so the Tigers were last in tries per game at 2.8. Um, the league average was 3.9. And Appy has kicked a career 85.7%, which is crazy. So I'm sort of expecting maybe 78, 80. about 80%. Yeah, so um, that's about... Four and a half points there if he can get the goal kick in, yeah. even if with you the put worst it down to four, uh, right? Four I think four and a half. Four and a half is conservative. There you go. Well, look, four and a half points a game. So That's conservative. And yeah. he was only kicking for a number of games, like for the last six games of the season with Luke Brooks out. Yep. So I just see a pathway here that he could be playing long minutes, being the goal kicker. So maybe sixty. Maybe sixty. Mid fifties. I, I feel happy saying. Right, like with the goal kicking and the upside is sixty. So especially the sides better. So mm. for me, and the pack is decent in here. Stefano's a year older, right? Dave Clemmer still hasn't dropped off a cliff, right? Yep. Like Alex Twile still in his relative prime. Uh, like Bateman and Papali are top level players. And if um, Safarth pans out, it's not a bad pack. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on running what you're running a hooker then? Because if we're looking at maybe Lussick, Cheese, cheese, cheese is pretty much a lock. Cheese, you bounce as a middle. You'd run Lussick uh, on the bench and you'd have him starting round one and or you yep. run uh, Cheese at the round one hooker yep. uh, and Lussick as cover. Like essentially just as a cashy. Lussick could be any sort of play. We just know 80-minute hookers are probably there's some money in them, right? Yep. So that's 
and then you just run Appy. Okay, so between yeah, I have to look at the buyers. I think I think Brandon Smith and um, uh, Appy should work well from a buy point of view. From memory, let me look. Um, the hilarious, around hilarious part is his, his largest kicking game of the year was around twenty six against the Roosters. He wasn't. He did have two games at halfback, obviously, where he he kicked more. But his the game with the most kicking meters last year, around twenty six. Yeah. He kicked for 339 metres. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Cheese and Appy complement each other perfectly from a hooker rotation point of view. Yeah. Except if round 19, that's the only problem is. So if Appy's playing Origin, the Roosters have the buy then. So that's the only issue, but it's pretty much perfect. That, that's a long way to project down, right? It that's is. Three origin it is. Games, I agree. So yep. anyway, he's of genuine interest to me. And yeah, I like it. So I'm just watching him. As soon as I see goal kicking, it's wheels up for me on uh, Appy, and I'll find the money somewhere to make him work. Mm, mm. Yeah, nice, man. Excellent. That is it for me. Obviously, you know, uh, there are a couple of players, but Appy's probably the one that I'd take the punt and start with because you know that he's not going to go anywhere. Uh, mate, you've got all the good stuff. I've got all the junk here, okay? Mate, you split them up this time, so, so take us through them. Mate, the Fainu brothers um, pretty much don't bother with any of them. Um, Sione, who's dirt cheap, he doesn't do much, um, and he's pretty far down the, the um, pecking order. You know, he averages 29 in 50 minutes, so definitely he's, not around one. 23 and hasn't debuted. Like, it's, it's just a little bit worrying. Yeah, Samuel Fainu, he's, he actually is awesome. So he's 20, and um, he's played five games of first grade, and he averages 38 in reserve grade in the back row uh, for, for 80 minutes. So uh, if there's a few injuries, he's definitely worth a look in. And then Latu, who's the prodigy 18-year-old, uh, he's yet to debut. So he averages 31 of the halves, and you know I suppose just let Isaiah Katoa be a warning that this may be his ceiling um, due to inexperience and size. So, you know, he's 18 and 90 kilos. So he's basically two inches taller than Katoa, but that's it, you know. Um, so based upon Galvin having the inside uh, running at the moment, just don't bother with Latu at the moment. Bud Sullivan's due, 424K, 31 break even. He averages 30.6 at 5.8, but he's not looking like he'll get the round one start. So yeah. avoid him either that's way. It. Oh, that's it. Well, and even if he does get it, I think we're saying that he's just he's at his long term average in the spot. He doesn't kick much. He's very good at running, but really, like we're not seeing like the upside is sort of high thirties for him, right? Not quite. With basically zero job security as well, right? Oh, there's there's five players trying to play next to uh, Luai next year. See, so, yeah, absolutely. Ironically, zero. ironically, he'd probably be starting five eight if he just wasn't a little whinge at the Dragons. Anyway. Um, Aiden Caesar, 477K. So with that goal kicking, he's a 25 to 30 points guy from 2016 to 2019 in 73 games when he plays over 70 minutes, which is just ugly, mate. So just avoid. Yep. No, fair enough. Yeah, when I was doing a bit of a dive on Aiden Caesar, I'm like, yeah, I know some people are high on him, but I'm just, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling too. If he was 350K, like Kyle Flanagan territory, I'd that'd be tough to work out, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, but he's not, so I'm going Carl Flanagan at the moment. That's it. I go Luke McCuff over him, just from a standpoint of at least Luke McCuff has that attacking upside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, 20 grand cheaper. So cool comparison there and uh, much better pedigree from Metcalf, believe it or not. So I like to the, to the listeners, you know, I know you know it, but yeah, that's fascinating. Okay. 
So, is mate, it's actually a few gems near Seafarth, you know, Papali'i when he gets cheap and Galvin could be a jet, you know. That's few, it. And Appy, obviously, as you mentioned. So, that's it. Some oh, good it, stuff here, I mate. I could see some more West Tigers in along the way and possibly mm. Appy might run on side, which is scary. Like, I'd, I've never bought a guy on the buy before, but it's one trade in, one trade out, at least if things go wrong. I don't want to have to trade him in and then trade him out like the two trades. It yeah. just hurts even more than one round of no production because at least yep. then I can play him all the way to round 13. Yep. Awesome. Well, look, that's, I think, the end of it. So this is the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast West Tigers preseason preview signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.